0: Think you can get no more evil than the satanic occult brutality of bands like Behemoth, Watain, or even the sludge black metal of Goatwhore? Well, what if I told you that you could be just as satanic and wicked with a female vocalist with a beehive hairdo, a male guitarist playing '50s-inspired guitar-driven music? backed by a band that is pretty much the house band for Satan's Sock hop. <laughs> Twin <laughs> Temple is a Los Angeles-based band that revolves around the core members of husband and wife duo Alexandra and Zach James, and I am honored and intrigued to have both Alexandra and Zach on talking the Talk with the Great Southern Brain Fart. So, kids, welcome to the show. Well, I tell you, it's so funny. It's like I was literally asked to describe your music to someone. And I, that was exactly how I described it was I said, it's pretty much the band you would hear if Satan had a sock up." you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like it's, you know, it's, it, 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 there's something so great about, you know, um, uh, my best friend and I from North Carolina, he, um, well, we attended uh, both shows. We we did the Asheville show and the Atlanta show. There's something really <laughs> cool about, you, you know, a band that kind of takes you out of that normal element that you're, you know, you're accustomed to seeing. And I guess with that being said, like, were you surprised by the response that you guys were getting from the shows? Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Definitely. <laughs> I mean, like this band started really like without a plan for it getting big at all. Like, Zach and I have been playing in bands for for like ever. and honestly, none of them were really like doing that well. We were kind of just scraping by. And um the last group we we're in, we had this big like management deal and like producer who sold millions of records, blah, blah blah, who wanted to work with us. And so. We were, like, trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and um, as we started, like, sitting down and really writing and figuring out what we wanted the band to be, we were just like, you know what? None of this is really worth it if it doesn't bring you joy. Like, we've been doing this for so long, and, like, let's just do whatever the fuck we want. You know, right? So we ended up walking away uh, from all of those deals because everyone would not touch it with a ten foot pole. And like, they're like, (laughs) "Well, I'm, I'm like a diamond platinum nominated producer who have like made some of the best selling records like in the world, and like no one will ever want this." And we're like, you know what? That's totally okay. Like, we'll just keep on with our side jobs, and at least like it'll be something weird that we like. And like when we were making our first record, we were just like, well, obviously we have to make 666 of them, like who knows if they'll (laughs) ever sell, you know what I mean? Like to be honest, we have like crates of records from our old bands that are just like sitting there and we're like, but it has to be that number. So we were completely shocked when like they sold out in a few months, we were like, what is going on? And, um, we were like about to go on tour and we literally had no records. And so when rise above hit us up, we were like, I don't know what's happening, but yeah, we're going to go on tour and we have no records left. Like this is crazy. We honestly, we fully planned for this band to just be just something for us to do that made Mm -hmm. us happy. That was so weird. And we had no clue if anyone would like it at all but like we truly love like classic fifties and sixties rock and roll. And we've been students of the occult and we practice magic and we've been doing that nearly our whole lives. And it was like, well, we should just put everything that we really love, like into our art because it's like, well now we have an excuse to buy excessive amounts of like Philly's records, seven inches or that human skull <laughs> we've been eyeing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah we can use it for our art. Like, fucking whatever so
0: it's like homework you know it's like oh we we gotta buy these records because you know we have to study (laughs) right and
1: it's like our house is filled to the brim with like oddities and human skulls magical tools and a bunch of 50s and 60s rock and roll records and we're sitting in our living room going you know what it's about time we just kind of you know put everything we like in a blender and and do this um so long story short to answer your question yes we were really surprised
0: because <laughs> it's really funny because it's very similar I'm not from I don't know if you're familiar with them but there's a there's a Finnish occult band uh, called Jess and the ancient ones um who are just fantastic and they're good friends of mine but they oh, yeah. but they are also kind of very similar in the sense that while they don't play the 50s stuff they play this kind of almost like 70s 60s inspired sometimes surf guitar sometimes just almost kind of you know i mean it definitely doesn't sound like the occult rock of old you know but it's like they they have their message with a mu- with with music that doesn't necessarily coincide with that kind of message if that makes sense you know and so yeah yeah. and so when they they went on tour opening for king diamond they were like handpicked by king diamond to um do his tour a few years ago and the look on people's faces when they came out on stage and started playing people were just like what the fuck are you because i think they i think people were expecting like you know like thrashy heavy you know, goat or whatever, stuff like that. And then here's this like seventies inspired female. Friend. They're basically like psych rock, you know? Yeah. And, and it was so funny <laughs> to watch the reactions. And then like two songs into the set, everyone's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I dig this. Okay. You know? it's <laughs> like, but I think that's such a cool thing that what you guys did is that it's, it's something that, you know, like I said, like similar to them was that, you know, you didn't go the normal, predictable route of going you know we have to be heavy and we have to be black and we have to have corpse paint and da 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 and you know <laughs> which to be honest I like it's so funny it's like somebody told me after watching you guys they were like you know at first i thought they looked kind of silly you know and i said yeah but i said to be honest i said i I think they made the metal bands actually look dumber (laughs) i mean (laughs) because because you guys looked so great and like had this great music and then it, it but it was almost like you know if you have a message to get across if you're not articulate and I can't understand the lyrics then what is the point of you trying to convey a message especially if it's a spiritual thing whether it's like you know you know Satanism or you know left hand path type stuff so if I don't understand what you're saying I'm not getting your message so to listen to you guys and actually hear the lyrics I'm like oh that's a totally different you know experience you know right totally totally I mean, so, you know, and one of the things I also love, too, was reading the back of the album about how it said that you don't drink the blood of virgins or sacrifice babies, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But so, you know, from from a spiritual point, what is a day in the life of the leaders of Twin Temple? And like how often do you practice your rituals?
1: Well, I mean, the rituals that you're seeing on stage are not actual rituals that we perform at home. So they're kind of a pastiche of various traditions that we've adapted for our stage show. We're paying homage to them, though a lot of the rituals that we do do, um, the longer ones, if we have like a longer set, we'll do like an initiation or an invocation, those do end up having like actual magical results. but. For example, like our opening ritual, it's kind of a combination of like the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, right, uh, along with like some Crolean like symbolism, and like our outro ritual, it's got some like Alexandrian kind of elements um, of the Great Rite with the dagger and the chalice or the athame, although we use an inverted cross mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So. I mean, we, we definitely don't practice those rituals per se at home, though we do lots of other magical practices, like daily the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, um, which is bas- a basic ritual that's in any ceremonial magician's uh, tool belt. It's just great for before doing before rituals or just every day. A lot of ceremonial magicians you talk to have been doing this for like 20 years. Um, and it's a good one to have. And then
2: we see just everyday life as a magical practice, you know, I mean, creating the world and the the reality you want to see every day and every moment. So really it's, it never stops, you know, it just depends if it's ritualized or not. Yeah. And
1: I mean, obviously practice like sex magic and sigil magic. Um, that's in regular rotation. Um, and I mean, yeah, like Zach said, I, I think that, Just creating and doing your will is a form of lesser magic, which doesn't mean it's less important, but just um, a form of magic that you do living each day on the earth, you know?
0: (laughs) No, that makes total sense because – and I want to go deeper into that, but I want to start at the beginning with you guys. So, like, at what point were each of you individually drawn – to the occult and what was it that appealed to you about it rather than say you know that that kind of you know what we what we like to call cradle christianity if you know what i'm talking about
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. well i mean like when i was a little kid honestly um for (laughs) i remember being like really small and like throwing leaves and shit in like a bowl and, like, mixing it around and, like, <laughs> you know, just being drawn to, like, you know, I'd read, like, vampire stories and ghost stories, and there was, like, at the library I went to, I discovered, like, a very small section with, like, some witchcraft books, and mm-hmm. I'd just always been drawn to it as a little kid. I mean, it definitely was more, like, it wasn't satanic at the time, but it was what I could get my hands on. It was more like Wicca and like Gardnerian stuff. Um, And obviously like I love Lord of the Rings and that had a lot of like actual like, you know, magical symbolism in there, like runes and stuff. So that's kind of like, it was like magic light, you know, that's where I got my start. And then over time I kind of like discovered, um, Satanism and more left-hand path stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how I feel. This is like what I was looking for, like a word for who I am, basically. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and obviously, I mean, like if you're in a rock and roll and you start digging into like bands that you love and you see like Crowley on the cover of like Sgt. Pepper's, you're just like, what is this? Hey, this is like what what are all these musicians drawing from, you know, so you just start digging deeper. And I don't know, that's kind of how I got into it.
2: Yeah, it was similar for me. I mean, always kind of felt just outside of normal culture and just like what normal people wanted to do and always drawn to the, you know, darker symbols and you know, symbols in general have always really spoke to me. So just kind of, uh, I guess, found it through symbols, really. And then, you know, you start to read and And again, you know, in a similar way, you just start to get a new vocabulary and you go, oh, wow, there's a a word for how I feel and there's other people who feel this way and we both kind of feel you're you're born, you know, like a a Satanist or you're kind of born on the left-hand path. If you're going to be that way, you're kind of, it's just like a core set of values you have just kind of from day one.
0: Yeah, see, I totally agree because, you know, I definitely don't consider myself a Satanist because I'm atheist, but... You know, I was raised Catholic, you know, I went to Catholic school, but for as long as I could remember, I, I constantly questioned my religion, you know? And so that's why I I love that you said that you're kind of born into it because even, even for, you know, I think starting like around fifth or sixth grade, you know, when you're starting to come into your own as, you know, you're growing up, you know, and you're starting to get to that point where you're questioning things and, You know, I found myself questioning the church and its fundamental values and, you know, why my religion teacher would say, oh, if you're gay, you're going to go to hell. But then I'd say, (laughs) but then I'd say, hey, my uncle's gay and he goes to church every Sunday. He's one of the best people I know. And then they say, oh, well, God makes exceptions. And I'd go (laughs) and I'd (laughs) kind of give, I'd kind of give him like the squint blank face, you know, where you're like, huh? okay yeah yeah pretty and, convenient yeah and so it, i think it was at that point for me where i just kind of said you know there's gotta be something there you know and then i kind of just denounced christianity you know like around 10th grade or so and then i i didn't know that there was a thing you know and so i kind of found myself seeking but then when i discovered left hand path believe it or not even j- just a just a few years ago i was like Oh my God, this is exactly where I'm at. And there's something kind of beautiful about finding your, an identity for what it is that you have a fundamental belief in, you know? Right. Right.
1: I was going to say, like (laughs) you say you're not a Satanist, but then like everything you're talking about is pretty like a lot of Satanists will say, like, for example, questioning like the status quo is really inherent to the satanic philosophy Mm -hmm. and a lot of Satanists are atheistic. Like theistic Satanism is a kind of relatively small subset of Satanism. Like mm-hmm. most Satanists are atheists.
0: So yeah, like, we
1: don't worship Satan as an actual deity. We use it as a symbol,
0: you know? Now that's interesting because I've never really thought about that because what you were talking about makes sense because I, I, re- I read the Satanic Bible about two years ago and I've read it twice and it's one of the greatest self-help books of all time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, you know, it's like, you know, you, you read, you read the Christian Bible and basically it makes you feel horrible to be a human being, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it makes you just feel like everything you do is wrong. But then you read the satanic Bible and, you know, they say things like, you know, If someone smites you, you smite them back and you do so without the fear of, you know, some sort of, you know, religious retaliation. And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know what (laughs) I mean? I mean, like, you know, I mean, obviously it's not preaching violence. I mean, because smiting, I think, you know, goes beyond what you would think, you know, just being like, you know, a physical thing. But yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, because now that I think about it, that that does make a lot of sense because there were so many parts of that of of reading the Satanic Bible that just clicked with me where I said, "God, that's exactly how I feel." But right. but I don't believe in God, so if I don't believe in God, can I actually believe in Satan? And you know, because to, to believe in one is to believe in another, so. A- atheistic, is that what you call the atheistic Satanism? Is that? Well, is that Satanism what it is?
1: pretty much by its nature is atheistic. Okay. Um, most Satanists are atheists. Like most Satanists adopt Satan as a symbol of rebellion, of individualism, of rejecting the status quo. They understand that it's a fairy tale from Christian mythology and they're basically championing this literary figure um, to represent their own ideals. So like none of the rituals we do are in service of a, a, like a, like another sky daddy or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) we reject like patriarchy in all forms. And that includes believing that there's any man or dad out there with a beard or red horns or otherwise that Mm -hmm. holds power over ourselves. Like we place ultimate, um, you know, trust and ultimately in ourselves, basically. Like, we believe that we, us, the individual, is responsible for our greatest failures and our greatest successes. Like, Satan didn't give us, you know, powers. Like, we rehearsed and we studied and we took lessons and we worked. You know what I mean? Like, right. so at its core, I mean, there's no gods really in Satanism apart from the self. That is the ultimate. If, if you deify anything, it's your own individual self. And the other beautiful thing about Satanism is like you can take what you want from any tradition and make it a part of your practice. So if there's part of Levian Satanism, for example, from the Satanic Bible right. that you like, take it. If you don't like it, don't use it. Like use experiential knowledge and kind of trial and error to design your own you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, as individual as it can be, you know, it's all about just the individual practicing.
1: So there's no, like, yeah. people are, like, well, how do I, like, become a Satanist? And it's like, how do you become yourself? You know what I mean? Like, just be yourself. That, I think that's, like, what it comes down to ultimately. So if that means you believe in Satan as a real person out there, I mean, you can do that too if you really want to you
0: know <laughs> no and that's and that's so fun that it's it's great to hear that though because i totally understand coming it, it which is so funny because you know no disrespect to the, but i i interviewed eric danielson from um uh watain um mm-hmm. but, you know is like you know the swedish black metal
1: and yeah <laughs> was, and
0: he was and he was like the world that you know is hollow you know what I mean and like just very like and and I'm speaking to you guys and you guys are all like excited and happy to talk you know what I mean and like <laughs> it, it, do you know what I mean it's almost more appealing hearing it from you guys because it, it 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 does kind of show that there's a level of positivity within Satanism that it's not just you know burning roadkill on upside down crosses <laughs> on stage you know what I mean no, that's it's,
1: fun too. And yeah. there's so much <laughs> facility in being like the world is fucking hollow because in many ways it is.
0: Oh and right. It's yeah, not no, all course. sunshine
1: and rainbows. You know what I mean? It's about balance. It's about finding the middle pillar. Yeah. It's about having justice and severity. It's about having positives and negatives. It's about saying yes and no, you know, and about finding your own way and your own boundaries and the things that make you feel good and comfortable or
2: whatever, you know. It is also a very humanist, you know, belief or, you know, or or set of uh, practices. So it is celebrating the human experience and being here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because each person, there's only one of those made ever for eternity in the entire world.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So that's very precious because I think each person, you know, is a very, very individual set of ideals and beliefs and and what they can do on this earth is like limitless. So, you know, it, it's like, I don't know. There's some kind of undercurrent in like satanic ideology. And I think it comes from Levan Satanism because he was drawing from a lot of the social Darwinist texts, like might is right. That kind of got co-opted into like Nazi thinking, which is like, right. Cream rises like smash the weak, Like we're the elite. And we mm. get a lot of kickback a lot of times from other Satanists who are like, this is weak Satanism because you think fundamentally people are equal. And it's like, well, yeah, there's only one of a kind of each person. Right. Why would I think they deserve to be smashed? Like that just seems really like cocky and arrogant. And like, I think that a lot of people underestimate other people's potential, you know?
0: So, you know, yeah, I totally agree. And that, that actually is a great segue into my next uh, thought was, one of the things I noticed, especially with with uh, Twin Temple, and especially in the in the live or even on the album, where you know you you do the kind of um, the yeah, invocation or whatever, um, that it very much comes across as not even just a generic kind of thing, but almost that Twin Temple is kind of its own little sect of <laughs> the satanic. Sure. You, you, know, you know, similar to like how you have Levain Satanism and the Temple of Sat and the Temple of yeah. Satan, you know. like So would you kind of consider Twin Temple to be its own entity of sorts? Well,
2: we, we believe it's a living tradition. You know, Satanism is, is definitely living and changing all the time and evolving. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I mean, the point, right, like we were saying earlier, is to cater to your own self as much as possible. And what you're seeing with twin temple is really just a reflection of exactly who we are and what we personally believe. So I would never like really want to be like, we're the head of like a new church or a movement or whatever, because it just seems like totally there's a right
2: way and a wrong way. Right.
1: And that's like, kind of one of our magical mottos is like, nothing is true, everything is permitted. So, like people need to find their own path. And that's one of the liberating things is realizing that right and wrong are for the most part, or if not entirely human constructs, Mm -hmm. you know, morality. It changes around the world depending on who you're asking and where you are. So you could never prescribe, you know, 10 commandments or whatever to another person because it's all relative. I mean, kind of like everything subjective and objective at the same time. It's like a paradox.
0: It's so funny because we were a buddy of mine and I, who we tend to talk about this kind of stuff together. We were talking about the 10 commandments and he was, we were kind of laughing a little bit about it. And he said, you know, if you, if you showed this to someone who did not know what it is, (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's like you know with the exception of of, of of the God parts basically it's just saying don't be a shitty person do you know what yeah. I mean? which is like he said he said the Ten Commandments is like one of the least religious things about you know Christianity because <laughs> it's almost like like you said it's just fundamentals. it's like you know just don't be a shitty person like that's right. not a hard thing to do but you can do that. Without the stigma of going, oh, I better not be a shitty person or I'm going to go to hell, you know, because... I don't know if if there is a hell and you guys are going, like it sounds pretty fun. So I think I'd rather go there.
1: <laughs> All the best people are in hell.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, I'd rather hang out with you guys in Striper. So you know, I mean, that's you know, I mean, I mean, fuck it, you know. But uh see,
1: I mean, it was kind of a good record, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that, like I was a Striper fan. Dude, I, I know people who are in like black metal bands who are like. God damn dude to Hell with the Devil's a fucking great record, man. The riffs, you know I like, mean I
1: kinda have one striper record. What's that yellow and black one? Like uh I don't know what it's called. I don't know In the record collection
0: Yeah I've not uh, bust <laughs> down A long time But I mean You know For a moment It was kind of a novelty Like this is funny Oh <laughs> uh, we, we know well, so, so kind of speaking Of the musical aspect Of you guys Like before you guys Met each other And before there was A Twin Temple Were either of you Or both of you Involved in occult bands Or like what, what kind of musical Endeavors were you guys doing And you also talked About a previous band Like what was that band I like about
2: yeah. I'm really I
0: mean, punk rock bands,
2: yeah. just like assorted punk. Mm-hmm. I
1: was in like a bunch of punk bands. I was kind of in like a proto-blues, like, I don't know, pentagram almost, like an in- influence band. Like I was in a bunch of different bands. Yeah, like a like a punk band. And then I kind of did a 180, like, I don't know, five or six years ago. I was just like, man, I just, I want to like do something different. And, I was just listening to a lot of like old school soul records and mm-hmm. Otis Redding and stuff like that and was like, man, I'm just going to fucking do a soul band for a while and like and I really love David Bowie, so I'm just going to like mix it with glam imagery. So I did that for a while and mm-hmm. actually yours was like vaguely like all-seeing eyes it had some like voodoo it, in like elements kind of and like used the like all-seeing eye iconography and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, like, pretty minor, The you know, the, like, mix of the occult. Again, we hadn't really incorporated it into our art. It was separate, you know. It was, like, a yeah. personal thing. Because, again, you know, it's, it's a personal practice. So it's, like, right. kind of a double-edged sword to put it out there for people to, I guess, be influenced by. Because it's not really the point, you know. We're not trying to push people in any direction. So it was always a personal, you know, yeah. individual practice. But for this band, it was mm-hmm. kind of the first that we really really put it out there but yeah you know we were we were kind of uh experimenting with you know different symbolism and different musical pairings but i think this is definitely the most successful yet
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think because it's like the most authentic you know what i mean it's like in the past like one of my first bands was like well i love the runaways and the dead boys and i love turbo nigger so this band will sound exactly like that
0: right (laughs) you
1: know what i mean it was just like well i'm just gonna be that band kind of kind of dress like that band and kind of echo what bands already did and kind of write songs like those other bands with topics like those other bands and i mean you know it was just pretty like generic (laughs) it's
0: (laughs) so funny how like because that's very similar to me like like when i was younger like in my late teens early 20s like i was in punk bands i was even in a metal band who we were like we want to be a cross between the Ramones and Iron Maiden, which basically means <laughs> which basically means we were like we wanted to be Iron Maiden that couldn't really play very good, and <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So like you know you, you know and and like we yeah you know, we tried to have this identity, and then all of a sudden like you know in my twenties I discovered my dad's like folk collection, you know, and like uh. Buffy Saint Marie and the whole. Laurel Canyon thing, Crosby, Stills, oh, right. and Nash, yeah. you know, and then I got into folk rock, and like, now here I am, 45, I'm playing in a roots rock trio, and it's the most <laughs> successful band I've ever had, you know, and it's yeah. like, and it's like, I'm playing the music that I grew up listening to, but that I pretty much spent my life pushing away, you know, right. <laughs> and so it's like the authenticity of it really comes out because it's in your roots,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think when you really love a thing and like, you're very passionate about it, like other people can't help but get excited about it too, because they recognize, um, you know, the truth <laughs> in what you're doing. Oh,
0: well, cause the off, like, again, like you said, like, you know, when, when you channel that, that thing that you feel is, this is what, what I'm really about musically, you know, and artistically that It's going to be much more obvious and even much more attainable and easier to grasp by an audience than someone who looks up at you and goes, "Uh, you know, people can spot a fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things I thought you guys did so successfully live was that you definitely came off as real deal, you know? And like (laughs) I said, my friend and I walked away, we were blown away, you know? And I have to say, you know, the album... Yeah, you know, Satanic you know, signature sound, uh, Satanic duop. It's hands down one of my favorite albums of the year. And I have to yeah. say, no, Aww, di- no, no disrespect to Zach or my wife, but seriously, Alexandria, after hearing Lucifer, my love, I never wanted to be Lucifer more in my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, like, and then throw I'm Wicked on top of that. Like, whoever knew that Satanism could be sexy? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but was that kind of part of the twin temple message was to kind of put this other spin on Satanism and say, you know what, Th- there can be this kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be loud and heavy and banging your head. It could be very sexy and kind of a sensual, you know, in that kind of 50s sound.
1: Right. I mean, honestly, the, po- we weren't trying to make any points at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we were just trying to make the truest reflection of who we are and what we believe, you know, and whatever people took from that is cool because I mean, we love behemoth, you know, we mm-hmm. saw them recently we were totally blown away and think they're an incredible band. And right. that's like, that's who you are. And that's how you express yourself. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, you know so however people want to do things i mean
2: that that's up to them like yeah we're just capturing who we are and and then you know certain feelings and sexuality is a part of the human experience so we're definitely going to you know uh, capture that and it's going to be filtered through our art
1: and i mean I, I say like we weren't trying to like make a point but like i suppose that as like a woman who's grown up in america with my own lived experience and as like a woman of color you know, right. coming from like a mixed background or whatever like I have a specific outlook on the world and I have certain things that I personally want to express and I mean with something like Wicked I think the point was more to question why women's sexuality is demonized and in right. a lot of ways um, women's sexuality I think is correlated with um, you know, the devil or whatever. Um, I think the fear of Satan and the devil for a lot of people is really just fear of women's sexuality. And I mean, with something like that, with, with saying, too, that we're Satanists, it's about owning that identity, about saying, yeah, I am a devil worshiper. I am evil. I am evil. Um,
0: oh, I heard a baby in the background.
1: That's <laughs> Ziggy <A> Stardust.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: Um, he's a little pug. He looks like an alien, so we named him Ziggy because we, we have theories that he's like in a rock and roll band at night when we're asleep.
0: That's but, my um, drummer's girlfriend's dog's name, by the way, because he has uh, she has a lightning bolt on her forehead.
1: Oh, how cute! I know it's like it's so
0: funny. It's like it's like Ziggy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's like the, the point I was trying to make lyrically with a song like that is just demolishing the patriarchal fairy tale of Adam and Eve and woman being, you know, the original wicked woman or the original cause of man's downfall, basically, you know, and the, there's just a lot of, uh, I don't know patriarchal stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and as women and how that relates to our sexuality. And that was just something that I was like both trying to destroy and then reappropriate as a means of self empowerment to just say, yeah, I'm wicked. I'm the devil. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like all of those things that you call me. Yeah, I am. And that's a big part too about Satanism is, uh, is adopting, The mantle of of that which is feared and and owning um you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the epithets that are thrown your way
0: (laughs) yeah because one of the things i also love about the dynamics between you two especially on stage was that zach you really like the two of you actually perform as equals you know like to the front and yet you kind of play the more kind of brooding, quiet side of the <laughs> duo. but it almost seems like it, I know that well, obviously, it's not gonna sound crazy to you guys. It might sound crazy to some of my, my listeners, but like I almost feel you exude this kind of magic and this kind of energy that kind of fuels Alexandria. I mean, do, would you do you kind of would you kind of agree with that or? Um, I
2: think we're just kind of both being ourselves up there, you know, and our personalities you know, during a ritual and how they uh, reflect in the roles so I don't really know, I mean
1: It is pretty perceptive though, because we always joke that Zach's like the quiet beetle, because like, <laughs> he's, he's extremely introverted and like yeah, I think you picked up on like a dynamic of us, like
2: mm-hmm. it,
1: he's like, you do the talking like, I'll do the observing like <laughs> you know what I mean, like A friend of ours says that i'm the gas and zach's the brakes which i think is
0: (laughs) that's how my wife and i are like i'm i'm the mouth of the south and my wife is more like the shh can i have like 30 (laughs) quiet minutes before we talk because i just got home from work
1: (laughs) right yeah i mean we're both like rather introverted for the most part Mm -hmm. like when we're at home, we're kind of like quiet and like into our own weird stuff and
0: same here, yeah. I think
1: like, yeah. you know, we go very inwards, but yeah, I mean usually I'm the one doing all the talking.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's so funny because there still is a balance. You know, even though it sounds like, even though it, it comes across that way because seriously, like watching Zach on stage, like I like I, I would watch I was I would focus on you and I would be like, you know, you know, even though It's almost like you you would think you would be the focal point. It's like I would be watching you, but then all of a sudden I'd look over at Zach and I'd go wow, I feel slightly intimidated right now, you know, because he's just got this like look on him with just like seriousness. And then he kind of looks out into the crowd and it's like at one point in um, Asheville, you <laughs> made eye contact with me and I was like, oh man, and I kind of put my head down <laughs> for a second because I was, I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't want him to read into anything. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Although my proudest moment in Asheville was at the end when you, um, w- when, when you drank the blood, I actually got a drop of blood on my hand and I looked over at my friend and I said, so do you th- does this mean I'm one of them now? And So, so I actually took a it picture does, it of does. it, so I'll have to text it to you guys so you can oh, see nice. it. It's like this single drop of blood on my hand and I'm like, wow, okay. One of us, one of us, one of you, one of you. (laughs) You are
1: a devil worshipper
0: now. Uh, It's like, oh my God, I can feel the Christianity just burning out of me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but but to kind of go back to what you said about the sexuality thing, like what I love so much about that was that, especially with other death metal bands or black metal bands, you know, occult bands, satanic bands, is that. Even in their messages, when you go back and you read their lyrics, they're very angry, anti-establishment, anti-Christian, which again, like you said, is, is, is an aspect of Satanism. But even they seem to kind of stray away from the sexuality aspect of it. Maybe it's because, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, black metal and, you know, occult metal isn't necessarily you know, sexy or whatever, I don't know. Because if you are singing about sex, I can't understand it. But it's, <laughs> it seemed like Twin Temple kind of worked, like, like took that aspect and said, you know what? This is just going to be another stigma that we're going to break that maybe other bands aren't breaking. And I thought that was a great thing.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a woman, that's something <laughs> – the demonization of my sexuality, um, everything from just like being called a slut or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff is like something that I'm just sick of. And that's annoying. And especially as a woman having played like heavy, like rock my whole life, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like something that gets real old and like our lyrics, usually I just write from a place of like, whatever's on my mind whatever I want to get off my chest and that's something that I think about and that it affects me in my daily life and I mean I'm a proud practitioner of sex magic and that's something that I don't feel like I need to be ashamed of and you know for a long time it's kind of like I would like hide my sex magic books and stuff like that and not really want to tell anybody about that um but I think Especially with this band, it's just about eliminating fear, like burning down anything that prevents me from from being who I truly am. And right. you know, since I've come out and been like, yeah, I practice sex magic or whatever, like hasn't really changed, you know, my life drastically. Like sometimes you think, well, when I come out and admit this aspect of who I am to other people, they're gonna like. Who knows? You know what I
0: mean. Like
2: we do get a lot of shit for the Satanism.
1: We do get a lot of shit for the Satanism. <laughs> that is true. <laughs>
0: Which but. is great because I, I heard somebody one time say I think I think it might have even been uh, Tony Dolan from Venom Inc. who said uh, Satanic press is good press. <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that whole episode for one second. Yeah, yeah we. <laughs> I don't know if like we told you this, but. Alex Jones picked up like the story on us somehow and like was saying how we're like this group that gave ourselves over to pure evil which is hilarious
0: oh that's fantastic
1: (laughs) and then Christian hate groups like picked up the story as well and man they put out there's one like call for an up or something or like I don't remember what it was called but they have like millions of YouTube subscribers and like it was a super long segment on how we like source our real human baby blood and that we say it's fake on stage, but it's actually not. It's actually real babies and like we're murderers and like all of this stuff that was actually really heavy and like (laughs) kind of made us ill to listen to. And so we got like, what's it called? Like doxxed or whatever, like our inboxes were flooded. Our social media like was flooded and like, we got a handful of like legitimate death threats and stuff. And like, it took us like days to remove all of the hate messages and hate mail and like everything. And it kind of freaked us out. Like we're kind of like paranoid for a minute there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny because it's like, you know, I deal with this a lot myself because I'm very, you know, I'm a very outspoken liberal and you know, very, you know, pro choice, pro feminism volunteer for planned parenthood type things so i get a lot of hate mail on my on the uh, the brain fart facebook page you know calling me (laughs) you you know calling me a uh, a snowflake cuck and all this stuff and i'm thinking Uh. to myself like wow, what what Christian words you have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it just pisses them off even more. But like you said, there are points where even my wife, you know, when I'm going out to a show or something to cover, she goes, do I need to worry about you tonight? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, are they going to like lynch you after? And I'm like, no, yeah. I think I'm okay, you know?
1: Well, one of the best pieces of advice advice I got is if someone's going to kill you, they ain't going to tell you about it first.
0: Oh, that's so true. Yeah, because I always feel like it's the ones that actually say shit like that. That like if you came face to face with them, they'd be like, how you doing? (laughs)
1: yeah exactly the internet it's unfortunate i mean it's amazing but it also has allowed us to just be assholes to each other you know what i mean when you don't have to look somebody in the eye it's possible to say a lot of things
0: (laughs) oh exactly exactly and i have to tell you well first off thank you guys so much for being such great i mean guests i mean you could have been hosts actually because y'all were just so fantastic um (laughs) Um, But I have to tell you, yesterday I I was running some errands with my mother and I was uh, playing some music and I decided to play her Lucifer, My Love. (laughs) And, you know, she's a Catholic woman. I've never seen someone so conflicted in my entire life. Like, to me, that was more unexpected and shocking than, like, any Wattean show you could go to. Because my mom was just like, my mom was like, what a beautiful voice she has. And she goes, oh my God, I love this music. Wait a minute, did she just say Lucifer, my love? <laughs> <You know? laughs> And I was like, "Yeah, they're saying my..." Mom, and I was like, "Do you want me to change it?" She goes, "No, I'd rather I'd like to listen to it." And that part when you said, "You're a much better kisser than Jesus," my mom was like, "Okay, yeah, you got to turn this off." <laughs> <laughs> but I had to share that with you because I just thought it was like one of the greatest moments ever. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. That's classic. Well, so just a couple more things to ask you guys before we close out. I guess, first off, you know, we talked about like a lot of the literature and, you know, like the se- sex magic books and everything. For someone like me who has really only ventured into like, say, like the Satanic Bible and read some you know yeah some of the you know castaneda books uh like Mm -hmm. what kind of literature would you recommend to someone like me who is actually interested in things like you know sex magic and left-hand path whatnot Mm.
1: well um ud has a really great book on sex magic and in general
2: magic really yeah, he's got some good writing on ceremonial magic. And if you're looking for actual, like, practical magic. Practical
1: magic. Like, if you want to get down and try some sex magic, um, he's got some great yeah. writing. UD.
2: It. And then for, like, Left Hand Path Overview, there's a book called Lords of the Left Hand Path by Stephen Flowers. And he just kind of goes into all groups throughout history who have kind of, you know, used the um, satanic symbolism or Luciferian symbolism or assorted left-hand, left-hand paths. Uh, yes. practice, you know, and it's got a little thing on Crowley, LeVay, you know, Madame Blavatsky and just a ton of people in that book. That's a cool just kind of
1: yeah, first like overview. overview. Just to really
2: get a grasp on the like roots
0: and the like hard kind of left like hand path. Yeah, it's it's kinda is- like a it's kinda like a one oh one book.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of basic but it at least kind of just shows you the string that unites all these different people throughout, you know, hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, and then if there's something that kinda of like piques your interest you can dig deeper into that like sect of it or whatever um but i mean it really depends what you're like trying to do you know like those
2: are good places to start
1: yeah those are good places
0: to start i think i'm really more like i said earlier is it i'm definitely more of a seeker if that makes sense like i i love i i love to just obtain knowledge about things i don't know that i'm quite interested I mean of course I never say never but you know as far as practicing or whatever but you know but kind of like you said earlier both of you guys to echo back to the beginning was just because I feel like I'm kind of finding my identity with my fundamental beliefs that it would be nice to be able to read something besides the satanic bible which i did you know like which did click with me that would kind of make me go oh okay so that's where i am yeah right.
2: i would read lords of the left-hand path or at least start to look at it it's kind of a dense book it's, it covers a lot of different groups but it's a really great overview
0: yeah it's a good one well so and i guess the last question is Look, I did. I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't fucking get enough of Twin Temple on this tour. That that, that <laughs> sucked, man. Like I could have done another, easily another 25 minutes. So. <laughs> are, are there uh, actually? To be honest, uh, I, I I'm a man who speaks my words, and I know you guys were, but I would have said fuck Uncle Acid and just have it be you and Graveyard, and then like, ha- I had you play for 45 minutes. But oh, that burns! The-
1: so <laughs> much. I
0: know a lot of people do. I I am a huge Graveyard fan, and um the the, the um uh, they're they're friends of mine, but they're one of my. But I would I would have rather have more you guys. So. With that being said, are you guys going to tour again? Do we have any more tour plans? Like, you know, yes. to get you guys out to Atlanta again or something? Or yes,
1: definitely. We're in the. It's been kind of crazy, but we're planning out the next year or so. We just keep getting a bunch of uh, tour offers. So the, the soonest is we're doing a little headlining string. It's not going to be in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. it's SF, LA, and Portland um so oh we're i saw that. Yeah. For that yeah that we're gonna be at psycho las vegas in august
0: oh gosh yeah well, next we'll year that's that. gonna be my personal vacation i'm telling you <laughs> yeah, yeah right.
1: totally and then it's not announced but we've got a few more like extensive tours um
2: which i believe we go through atlanta
1: i believe we're probably we're gonna hit it's Like the one we're looking at right now is like 44 shows or something. Oh,
0: wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: so we should be hitting a lot more cities, and then I think we're also talking about, like, I mean, way in the future, like, spring.
2: Yeah, I think spring will be the next headline that gets us out of the, like, immediate area, but Mm -hmm. the other ones will be, like, support or opening, so it'll be a shorter set again, but it'll be enough to get you through.
1: (laughs) We're we're trying to to work up to... um, yeah like just doing more headlining sets and
2: so we can do full you know we do the longer rituals for the headlining sets
0: Right. Yeah. well good well now I'm not so afraid to look you in the eyes Zach and maybe even give you a wink and a smile so you know <laughs> you've got a good wink you know well you know it took me a while to get it down but you know you've got to have a
1: good wink
0: you know so actually i learned it from my dog you know so (laughs) but anyway well look you two thank y'all so much for being guests on my show i really appreciate it and this was by far one of my favorite ones y'all are just fantastic and you're an incredible band and i love your music i can't wait to see more of you and to hear Uh what lies ahead for us with twin temple Thanks thank so, you
1: much. so much. It, it really means a lot to us like you know your support and just asking great questions and yeah we we really appreciate it it's been a great conversation so
0: thank you well i take that as a huge compliment so thank you so much because y'all could have easily hung up like 20 minutes ago so but i'm <laughs> glad you didn't so <laughs> well, <laughs> well look best of luck with everything and uh hails to you guys yeah help all right thank you all so much
2: bye I love bleeding
1: under the full moon I draw power from my woe. I don't want babies I'll make love on my Ain't not too Take a good look Cause I write the bus